right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me. And you know what? If you joined me in the last episode, you already know where I'm at. You know what it is. Just embracing life, grateful for all the amazing opportunities that are out there. And you know what? Got the internship offer, but we're still grinding out here. You know why? Because it's not enough to just check the box to get the thing, to get the milestone. It's an amazing thing, and we should celebrate it when we win. But also respect the process. Respect the process and just understand that there's always something new to learn. There's always a place to grow. And so that's why I'm here, just trying to grow and help you grow at the same time. So with that said, let's go ahead and get right back into these technicals. We're talking about some more advanced valuation concepts or questions. And today's question is this, walk me through a sum of the parts analysis. Walk me through a sum of the parts analysis. Now, this is one of those valuation methods that we've touched on previously, but now we're going to revisit it. Of course, as you know by now, the three major valuation methodologies are comparable public comparables, precedent transactions, and discounted cash flow analysis. And this is a more niche one. This one is not any of the major three. So let's go ahead and talk about it. What is some of the parts? Some of the parts. Essentially, treat a business's separate divisions or subsidiaries as individual businesses and then value each of those individual businesses by themselves as standalone firms. Then what you're going to do is add up the values of each of these businesses in order to get the value of the entire firm. So very simple, right? You kind of look at things piece by piece, value each of the pieces, and then add them all up. It's pretty simple in, in terms of like the theory of it. But how would we do this in practice? And just as an example, uh, we can look at a company that's very well known. Take Berkshire Hathaway, for example. And if you don't know what Berkshire Hathaway is, you probably know who Warren Buffett is. Well, this is Warren Buffett's company. And the thing about Berkshire Hathaway is that it's actually many different businesses, many very different businesses kind of all rolled up into one. And for simplicity, though, let's just assume for the sake of a hypothetical example that it only has a few businesses within it insurance, railroads, utilities, and retail. So I just picked out four of Berkshire Hathaway's businesses for this example. So let's assume that the, there are these four different businesses that make up Berkshire Hathaway, the company. So then I might ask myself, what is the average enterprise value to EBITDA ratio in the insurance industry? Like I would wanna look at that. And then I might find that number, apply it to Berkshire's insurance subsidiary. So I'll say, okay, in this insurance company, how much EBITDA is it generating? And then I'll multiply that number by the EV to EBITDA ratio in order to get an estimate for the EV or enterprise value for that insurance as a business. Then I'll do the same thing for the railroads business. I'll do the same thing for the utilities business and the same thing again for the retail business. And what you'll find in doing this, especially if you look at 
conglomerates that have businesses in many different parts of the economy is that different industries have different multiples assigned to them depending on their economic characteristics. So certain firms in certain industries will trade at typically high multiples at certain moments in the business cycle, and some others will trade at low multiples at different points of the business cycle. And you just have to be aware of how these multiples are moving. And so then what you can do is add them up. And this is why some of the parts can be a great method in this type of scenario, because you have these relatively different valuations at different points in time. Whereas if you try to value the overall business kind of from a top-down approach, it might be a bit harder because economically, there's just a lot of different things going on there underneath the, the surface level. So as your final step, add up the value of all these components together, then you get the value of the entire firm. And that's a sum of the parts analysis. Again, simple in theory, not too complicated, but it's in thinking about the why behind the actions of doing these steps where I think is the real magic and what I think is really important to understand. And so understand that industries operate differently economically and they're valued differently. And so you can use this method with evaluation for an entire firm. And it's especially useful for companies like conglomerates. Conglomerates have many different types of businesses within their umbrella. So that's just something you can think about. But that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason. I am your host, and I'm so grateful that you joined me today. I hope you're having an incredible day and just enjoying life. With that being said, take care, and I'll see you next time.